Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast with your host, Mark Kennedy. I am joined this week of the full house uh, this week on the Hornet Podcast. I have Rory Walsh, I have Karen Collins, and I have James Mulcair uh, back from Portugal. And uh, I suppose, guys, plenty to get through after last weekend's uh, fixtures. Uh, Limerick, 0 for 3 as they were comprehensively out hurled by Cork. Clare registering their first win, the return of Tony Kelly, Peter Duggan, and Wexford probably having a very marquee road trip win against Galway. Dublin probably the marquee result, going down to Turles, beating Tip, and uh, Watford probably having a bit of a scare against Antrim. Lads, how are things? Good, Mark. Oh, good now, Mark, yeah. Yourself? Very good, very good. Well, being from Limerick, I don't know, Karen. is it time to press panic button here or uh, depth chart issues and discipline issues again? But uh, uh, maybe we go to the Cork-Limerick game straight off the bat here. I mean, Cork named their side on Friday night, really set the tone early, and Limerick really had no response. Uh, what were your overriding feelings, emotions, Kieran, um, of the game? Jesus, really out-hurled, outclassed. Every every uh, every part of the field in Cork wanted to win a lot more than Limerick did for probably their own reasons, but they were very impressive physically. They put it up to Limerick. But still, there there isn't the same intensity that we're used to seeing with Limerick. So I'm not panicking just yet. Still have six seven weeks to get up to speed. It reminded me seeing them play. It reminded me how they played against Tip in the Munster final in the first half last year. So if they can turn it around in 15 minutes, they can surely turn it around in six seven weeks. That's the plan. That's the hope anyway. There you go. I love the attitude, Karen. Well, flip side of that, James Mulcair, being a pro Corkman that you are, uh, you must be a bit of cock a hoop after that result uh, last Sunday. Yeah, I thought I thought they were very impressed with that first half. Yeah, normally, with this Cork team before, they, they've been accused of being a bit flakier, a bit soft at times. You know, that's they're well able to hurl when it's a loose enough game. But I thought they brought something different on Sunday. There, there was a physicality and aggression to them. Which is just something that you wouldn't be used to with this with this team. Like they set their stall out early that they wouldn't be bullied. And even players like that you normally wouldn't associate with that that kind of style, like Lee Han. He was getting stuck in, his work rate was very, very good. He was taking stuff into the tackle, he was going up the hand or puckouts. Like I thought he was actually very good for the fifty minutes that he was on or so before he kinda of ran out of gas, but he got two lovely scores in the first half. The work rate was just much improved. Now I suppose you could maybe make the case that at times, you know, there was an edge to us that Maybe they were a little bit overly aggressive at times. Um, like the red cards for K- Kingston to deserve red cards. Um, it was a you know he left a bit, left it in there on Finn, but maybe the you know I think Finn maybe left a little, little bit in on him after he got his goal. But yeah, Flanagan then immediately after that I thought he was awful stupid because we've just handed the advantage. Like you've got the you got the extra man advantage for a second half and sixty seconds later give the referee no choice. Uh, but Toomey later on then as well could like. Another head high tackle he had on, I think that was on Hannon. He could have gone as well. If the other two are reds, like that's surely a red as well, you know. Um, but I thought the use of the ball was very good. Corks were, um, like Limerick are good at they're kind of at flooding the ball into where, or flooding the players into where the ball is being played. And anytime there was a bottleneck on one side of the pitch, Cork were very good at kind of releasing the ball and switching it across the field, you know, to where there was no traffic then and they were able to build from there. I thought, you know, was, Collins was actually kind of nearly playing as a, as a you know, a 15th. Uh, outfield player at times they were able to pop passes back to him build attacks from there you know he, he's the fellow that seems to be improving throughout the league but if you in question marks in Cork I'd say around his distribution previous last year and before before this year but he does seem to be improving in that department and I thought he was yeah very very good yesterday and gave them a platform for which to build their attacks from 
I was talking before, line, they were very clever in their movement as well. You know, Horgan, he was very unselfish at times and, you know, in, instrumental in both goals. I thought, like, um, two lovely passes to set up. And I thought just running in general was was good in the forward line that created space for others. And you, you ran, they ran through Limerick right, right through the middle. And at, at times, at their back six was, you know, quite solid as well, I thought. Um, they kind of a fluid sort of system there. Was, you know, Coleman was named at half-back, but... You know, Melrick went in there and he like he did an excellent job, I thought, on, on Key Lynch. Great man marking job. He was very good. Yeah, it's just impressive so far this year, the kind of building game by game. And the young players coming through seem to be making you know big impact as well. Kieran Joyce, I thought, excellent again the last day. Probably I know Fitzgibbon got he was also excellent. He got man to match, but I thought probably could have been given to Joyce. And you know, even young Daryl Leary coming in there at full back. I thought like the back six as a unit were, were good overall. And yeah, it was just a it was a very, very good first half performance from Cork really and the game was done at halftime. Exactly. Rory, what were your overriding thoughts on, on the game? Being a yeah. neutral care man here. Well, you know how neutral I am, but um just to agree with Kieran, yeah, like I don't think when Limerick named the team, it was clear that they weren't prioritizing this. You know, that they, they you could say they were trying out a player in nearly every line, which is, you know, it kind of showed the intention that and Kylie did make a comment after the Godway game. He said if it takes another game for us kind of you know it was, as, it was as if that you know another game for us to get things right and uh, they looked like a team that were I know slogging it maybe training wise that uh, are pitching themselves for championship but still Cork were v- very impressive and uh, as James said what was quite impressive was where they were getting turned over against Limerick last year in both league and championship with the swarm tackle they were able to work it out like they were that bit better at working the ball out and working it into space from high pressure situations um, and also like, there was a point in the second half where Limerick rattled off two or three points and you could think is there a comeback on but I thought Cork handled that quite well they uh, steadied the ship whereas maybe in the past you know that might have been a like we saw what, what Limerick was tipping the Munster final last year with the crowd behind them and the crowd were just beginning to get going and I thought Cork handled that moment quite well um, and it's something you know maybe in championship that might send to them that they were in a position where it did look like that Limerick could get back at them and they did as, as I said they did kind of uh, react quite well to that but yeah I, again I wouldn't be if I was, like this game would be forgotten about in two months time Limerick go down to Parky Cueve and turn them over down there but uh, yeah there there are signs uh, again the discipline again was an issue he had a like I thought Will Dunne who was kind of lucky he was on a yellow and he left a late tackle in so you could have had like five red cards altogether in the game but yeah it certainly is something that uh, like it's, it has gone game to game and I know it was an issue last year and it was rectified going into championship but yeah it, it's still it's something I'm sure that um, John Kelly wouldn't have wanted to have seen was another red card I think as well that there's a, the media seem to be making a, a big a, a, there's a very big push on with the media and refs are like every game now refs are, refs are looking at it you know and they're really focusing in on Limerick the, the media coverage like a I heard Anthony Daly talking on on his podcast saying, you know, that's you know, in '98 they really got distracted. Like, it is a thing that Kylie's going to have to manage that you don't get overly distracted by everything that's going on and all the focus that's going on on them. He's going to have to, I suppose, really, he's going to have to kind of turn us into kind of a siege mentality for them, you know, for the next seven or eight weeks to, to build up for it. Like, but yeah, discipline does seem to be a thing that refs are really clamping down on with Limerick at the moment. I think as well, uh, looking at towards the end of the game, there seemed to be a bit of frustration in Limerick. Like, you see uh, Willard Dunne, the way he left in it, you know, he could have easily been sent off. There were like there was a lot of uh, off-the-ball and dirty stuff going on. It really set it up for explosive first round in, in, in Cork, like each Sunday. Like, in reality, like, at Limerick, looking at Limerick, there are a few players that you could name that they are on, they are on the edge. And Flanagan, Galan, like, they can tip either way very quickly. Uh, like, would I like him to lose it? Probably not, because that's why they're as good as they are. 
but you, you do have to keep a lid on it. Flanagan, it was ridiculous. You know, you're you're handed an advantage for the whole you're gonna have for the whole second half. A minute later he's handed it back straight back to them. So uh I think you need to keep a lid on it. Now, from a limerick point of view, it's happening in the league. It can be used against them, it can be used as motivation going forward. If it's gonna happen, better it happens this time of year. Look, Cork were impressive and not going to take away from it all. They really blew it out of the park. Uh, I do think, though, that the work race isn't there in Limerick at the minute, be it a heavy training schedule. That might be true. I, but uh, even Shane Downing referenced one point where Hoggy had the ball and he had space and time and no one came near him. He's like a usual Limerick fella hitting him from the back, the side and the front. You know, So the, the work rate wasn't there. Tackling wasn't the same as usual. Regarding our forward line situation, I think players who are at the same level of hurling, and there's a huge gap to the rest. I think Reedy, uh, O'Connell, I don't like from what I've seen this year, I don't think they're championship players, uh, definitely not starters. So it does leave the question of uh, corner forward. If Graham McKay has the legs or not, I don't know. Uh, maybe we could see Cottle O'Neill named corner forward, but playing deep like McKay would have played in, over the years for Limerick. But there's, there's still a huge question over corner forward for me. It's going to be four games in six weeks. It's, it's a tough ask. And uh, I think you need every 15, every 15 players on song. Like. I think that's the, thing for, that's the thing that stood out as well, is that nobody's really putting their hand up for Limerick. And you know, Kylie kind of reverted to tried and trusted players at halftime and pulled pull lads off. And it, it does seem to be the case that, you know, you have your 17 or 18 there for Limerick that are best in the country. But after that, then, you know, maybe maybe there's the, the strength and depth isn't there. You know, what the, maybe we kind of thought that there was there. Or the, you know, we, we kind of thought coming into the year that there might be more ahead of everyone else. But it does seem that the case that you're relying on your tried and trusted. And if you do have an injury or two there or if there's a red card or something in disciplinary issues, that it might be a bit short. Yeah, well, I think definitely for Flanagan, it's a costly uh, red card. He's suspended for the rest of the league. Two game suspension, isn't it? Because it's the second yeah. in 12 months, is it? Yeah, that's the way it works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, you know. The only thing I will say, one of those games against Offaly, which you could go fairly experiment. No, disrespect to Offaly there, and I would like, but they couldn't go fairly experimental there, and they'll come away with the two points handy enough. And then, well, it's the clear game this weekend, yeah, they're missing four. So, the ponder. You're, you're coming to the end of your league now, and like, you're going to want to see your, your 15 players on the field, I think, for. If not this day, literally the last day. So I think your your time for experimenting is over. So come to the off the game, you're going to want to have your starting 15 there and and playing get match practice into as a, as a unit. Like. He knows what the, like he knows the it, the, the pattern was very simple for them. You know, they've got two games in the league and then it's a four week build up into into the Cork game. So I mean, um, you know, the the the, the Kenny team in the in the 2000s, those those A versus B games and training sessions were. Um, you know, they were notorious for them, the ferocity. I'd, I'd imagine that's, yeah, the, it's going to be an interesting four weeks in Limerick for, as they built to that court game. That, that's set up for, <laughs> uh, I'd say, for Osh's battle, um, you know, the first round of the Munster. But also I think as well, like, we, we've seen a kind of an evolution last year from from 2020 with Canark side of play. Like, goals weren't on the agenda in 2020. Last year, there was a bit of a tweak where we, we saw a lot more goals in Limerick. Will we see another tweak this year? By playing as poor as we're playing, we're, are, are we not showing other teams our hand? You know, so will we come with a new way, not a new way, but a, a tweak to our system or maybe a positional change that will throw everyone off the bat? Like, so uh, you just have to, I think, from a limited point of view, we're going to have to trust in Kylie and Canark. Hopefully, there's something with their sleeve to turn it around. What's the one thing that you noticed from the from the, the games last day as well is that there, there was no, absolutely no um, real goal threat in them. Uh, I know, obviously. Did get the goal right, but that, that probably should have been um, that should have been a free out anyway for um, uh, for Lynch's foul on. Uh, but yeah, it was just 
like I thought the the Corkful backline were comfortable enough to be honest with you. Like yeah, there was no real didn't feel there was any kind of threat inside there at all to, um, from Limerick. Mark. And the first night we spoke about who would the newcomers would be, and Joyce has been the revelation of the championship for me. Himself and Fitzgibbon have just forged an immediate partnership midfield, and they have been the midfield partnership of the championship. And Joyce has just slotted straight in there like a guy who's been playing intercounty for years. Like, and it's he's got you know three consistent performances in a row. Well, against Clare he was outstanding. Against Limerick, I thought he they they definitely won that midfield battle again. And he just seems to be like a real fine for Cork in terms of I know he was on the radar on the rage, but for a guy who's just seems at the moment to just slot straight into Cork team midfield in an area where with Bill Cooper and kind of you know it's just a huge boost for Cork to have like every year you want new guys coming on and strengthening the team. And he is definitely so far. Strengthen the team. I agree. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been excellent. Yeah, and he's he just seems to be um so composed on the ball, and um you know no panic in him at all. So yeah, a right fine for Cork, all right. That was super result for Cork. Great statement from Tenton, as you say, Karen. April Easter Sunday. I think that's going to be a ferocious battle, and Limerick have the the motivation plenty there after that last time in front of the home crowd again. So maybe we can move on here, guys, and we're kind of talking awfully playing Limerick now. They entertain Clare and Tullamore. Uh, Connor Park and 420 to 16 points the full-time score but I suppose Rory coming to you probably from a, a full-time perspective the result really doesn't tell the whole story does it in terms of Offaly being pretty prominent there until probably minute 54-55 Mercurial Tony Kelly added again 212 and probably Peter Duggan back in as well with a tiny introduction as well what were your thoughts? Like it was nip and tuck score for score all the way through until that kind of 57-58 minute where Claire like stormed like uh, stormed away and finished really strongly. Um, Tony Kelly just was like he was never gone. He's just there was no there was no uh, Tony Kelly needing a game or two to get back to speed, scoring two twelve and one five from play. And like again, there were uh, I don't know if you saw the the highlights on TG Cahar on, on Monday night, but the scores were like you know from the sideline on the run, full speed, left side, right side. It was. It was a complete Tony Kelly kind of cameo performance in a way. Uh, yeah, and great to see Duggan back. Like, uh, I, when I saw he was named in the bench, uh, you know, it's good. Like, uh, as I mentioned last week, he needs game time for a guy who's missed out for, for a year or two and his injury came at the wrong time. But hopefully, like, like there's two more rounds to go, plus a few weeks, uh, uh, challenge games coming in into the championship as well. You'd hope that he will get, like, a, enough match fitness to make an impact in the championship. Yeah, John Conlon, it was interesting, like, played forwards against Wexford back wing back against Offaly um I wonder is it a reaction to Claire's backline so far that Brian Lohan is kind of thinking that this is a necessity he has forwards coming back off the treatment table Shane O'Donnell to return as well he's kind of saying forwards I can afford to maybe move somebody with experience like John Conlon back there because uh it, you know it, it's something that needed tightening up and uh yeah, look, uh, I know he has he has played half-back line with Clanlara before. He played centre-back last year. So look, if you were to move anyone back there, he's probably the the prime candidate. Um, but again, interesting to see how that will go against Limerick, where it will be tested, really tested um, on Sunday. I think Sunday is going to be a barometer for both teams, really, isn't it? To see where, you know, as I said, second-last game, Clare aren't going to want to lose at home. But there's still going to be an element of shadow boxing, maybe, with the championship around the corner. But like for in reality, Limerick need to win, uh, and obviously Clare a win to do no harm either. But there'll be a lot of games this weekend where, like I think Cork and Galway as well is another barometer to see where, I think Galway thought they were up there, but the Limerick form since they played Cork has been just completely ridiculed. So you know there'll be a lot of games this weekend where 
a true farmer and see where teams are going is going to be is going to be will be known after this weekend as well yeah like for me as well like you want to see that your team is progressing and when they played in the Munster League final Limerick let Clare go short in the puck out and then they turned them over and, you, and at the time it was glaringly obvious that Clare needed to work on this so even if that improves it's a sign that mm-hmm. you know they're going in the right direction and they're working on something that you know that was a problem for them because I'd be worried if, if the same thing happens again they're kind of thinking like uh, you know what is going on there but again there'll be sometimes it can be a change of personnel can automatically improve a situation like that but uh, it'll be interesting to see like will Limerick concede the puck out like they did that day and you know storm and swarm the clear backs force them into turnovers back in their pitch because that was clear could not get the ball they could not win the ball from a puck out in that Munster league and that was the biggest issue there turnovers on their own puck out was was enormous like it was you're not going to win the game in that situation oh. do you think Kylie's going to go um full straight all in is he going to go full, full strength at the weekend you reckon yeah is it like at the same time I think like Kylie's probably looking thinking okay we've clear enough late to finish there are two potential wins and we're going into the championship then on, on you know a bounce of two wins and um, at the same time Lohan was probably thinking not too worried after the first few games thinking okay awfully we've a home game against Limerick that should rise the team and the locals and everything and see can they lay down a market for championship and uh, finishing then with Galway so I'll tail after that but uh, so yeah that's why this game probably is you know it's the intriguing one in the round because both teams have to prove a point in a way don't think Lohan would be too disappointed if Clare are really competitive and it's a real tight game and you know gives them motivation for championship once like they don't get dismantled to be the worry like uh, I think if Clare get a performance at the weekend they're right yeah Lohan would be happy enough with that yeah, yeah I think so because the one time, like, uh, when the draws came this year, we have three home games against Limerick, Munster League, National League, and Championship, and the one to win is the Championship. Like, that is the one to win. You can forget about the other two. Nobody exactly. will will care. But you want to see glimpses that, you know, they're capable of doing that as well. Yeah. Exactly. I suppose Rory as well, going back to Clare uh, on round three, like Shane Meehan really burst on onto it with 2-1. And you've flagged these guys, Crotty, O'Brien, and Meehan as well, as being real kind of genuine kind of talents. So I suppose it's good from a clear perspective that these guys showed very well uh, last Sunday. Yeah, Shane Meehan is, is um, like he, he comes from a background where he was a dual player. He won a Munster Player of the Year getting football minor a couple of years ago. So I think that's helped him. His footwork is really good. He can turn really sharply. He's quick feet. Again, I think even summertime will suit him better, like a quick surface. Uh, he's going to be a real handful for players if the correct ball is going in there. Um, and also, what was interesting was when Shanahan came in off the bench, himself and Shanahan seemed to seemed to forge a partnership there and worked well off each other, which is something that I'm sure that Lohan like was intrigued by and might see him try and develop on that this weekend. Now, going back to Offaly, I think you've alluded to it here, Rory, as well, that they were well in this game for 56, 57 minutes. I suppose Owen Cahill probably dominated the headlines for Offaly again. He scored heavily 11 points, 10 from freeze. Supposed to worry for Offaly right now is five points from play. Bit of a concern on how they kind of waned a little bit, particularly in the last 10 minutes, that 3 7 to 1 point burst. But um, any news, Rory, in terms of Mark Rogers? I know we spoke last week about um, Mark, you know, in terms of maybe having a serious injury, but reading reports from yeah. their uh, newspapers does seem as if they're hopeful it's, that it's not as serious as first feared. Yeah, it's, it's like the report during the weekend was kind of saying that, yeah, it, they're going for further information on it that it may not be a cruciate ligament injury which is great news for Mark but from what I hear like it's still a serious enough injury that he will be spending a good bit of time out and with championship starting in April you just wonder like even just missing the week or two beforehand coming into it but uh, yeah the, the good news is like that 
it, it isn't as serious as first saw it. Well, or it doesn't seem to be. But again, that's it's not definitive. Like there hasn't been definitive news out either way. So uh, I suppose we're still waiting. I just hope for Mark's sake, like because you know he was having a great year with UL prior to the injury and with Clare. He was, as we said last week, he was one guy who was really taking a claim for the jer- starting jersey and championship. You know that he does like that he is back in time for some bit of championship action, hopefully. But uh, again, a good win I think for Clare. I mean, great closing burst there. Great to see Tony Kelly back, Peter Duggan back. Exciting players and something to build on uh, this weekend uh, going in against Limerick in the Midwest El Clasico. I suppose we can conclude 1A with Galway-Wexford. Now, I went up to Pierce Stadium in Salt Hill, uh, run the rule over Galway. And to be honest, Kieran, I was very impressed by Wexford on the day. I thought they were at the pitch of the game from minute one. And kind of Jeez, how, good, how good is Roy O'Connor? You know, like the points from either side, yeah. like, oh, yeah, absolutely sensational. Yeah, they were. They're impressive. Don't know how good Galway were though, Mark. Um, they didn't seem to show at all, did they? It was a very flat performance, and the fact that no player in the Galway side scored more than one point from play point, yeah, really yeah. did kind of uh, indicate an awful lot. They seemed a bit flat. Yeah, I thought they were too close up front. To be honest with you, like Connor, like Connor Whelan not playing, and nobody else. To, you know, I mean, I think you alluded to that before, Kieran, that you thought that they were going to struggle big time with with Canning retired, and it looked like. I thought up front they were, yeah, they were, they were completely toothless, and yeah, as you said, Mark, there's a lack of energy and just a flat overall performance from them. The only thing I will say is like, Shefflin is a cute whore. Like, you know, he's going to keep the powders right. These guys are going to meet again soon, and he's not going to want to show his hand. But uh, like, from a Wexford point of view, like Liam Ryan, Lee Chin, Conor McDonald, the the spine of your team, not not there, and and still yeah. performing well and still winning. The two Rex local boys here, unbelievable. Damien Rex was was class. The dart, he came back for the hook. Like, that was a clear goal only for he got the hook in. Oshin Pepper, he's only, what, 18, doing his leaving sort this year. You know, 1-1. I think in, in, in the last few years, Wexford mightn't have had a panel. But this year, they're giving guys a chance. And, they're you know, I think Egan's been fair. And everyone's getting a fair shot. And he, he'll know. He knows who his players are. I think Davey, okay, I don't want to be critical, but... He had his certain players and that was it. He, he didn't, you know, a bench wasn't something we turned to too often, you know. So I think Egan's, the, they seem to be playing well with a bit of, um, don't seem to be as restricted in their play and they're playing in the right areas. Like Conor McDonald is an out and out full forward. He should be on the square. That's where he's going to be best. He's not going to do anything for you 40 yards off from goal. Uh, Roy or Connor are the same. So they're in the position, positions they need to be in. I think Egan's doing a fantastic job. Uh, I really do. Yeah, I think maybe we were being a bit, being a bit, and I'm guilty of this, being a bit unkind to Wexford last week, saying round one Limerick, you know, coming off at Ireland champions down to Wexford. Round two, it was we, were, I said it was a poor standard game. Clare, you know, didn't hurl in the first half with the breeze, and Wexford kind of limped over the line. I think well, Darigan even referenced that himself. But like, so now they've beaten Limerick, Clare, and Galway, two of them away wins. And mm. as as you said, Kieran, they have big players to come back as well, so they are in a really good place now. No, I still do think I still I would agree with, with that point. I still do think they've had. You could make excuses for either team. Like Limerick were very poor, as were Clare, and yeah. as we just talked about, Galway weren't at the race. So yes, they've had three wins, but how good were the teams they've beaten on the day? Now Wexford are a confidence team, you know, and the more wins they get, the more the the supporters will be on the, behind them, and like. They're a force, we reckon, to when they have confidence. He, Derry Egan has got the best out of Rory O'Connor's. It seems so far, like because as he is the marked man, everything going out there is going to say. And we said this about Claire last week. You have to stop Rory O'Connor, but so far it hasn't happened. And it's a bit like Brian Lohan with Tony Kelly. Tony Kelly is having his best years 
at the moment under Brian Lowe, and he's kind of given a freedom to you know go where he wants. And the play the players with their heads up, looking for him all the time, picking him out, and like he's flourishing. And it looks like there might be this sort of a relationship with Rory O'Connor and Wexford as well under Derry Egan that he could be like you know go on to the next level. Leinster are shaping up to be very competitive now, isn't it? I mean, the, you, oh, yeah. like uh, at the moment, you'd say that there's there's very little between the four teams, and you couldn't say with certainty what three teams are going to come out come out of Leinster. I mean, it, it looks it looks like it's going to be a very competitive championship there. Yeah, and particularly those two sides are facing down in Wexford Park or Chadwick Park round one Leinster hurling championship. It's fierce, but yeah, I think the overall feelings the Galway guys around me were, you know, Wexford far the better team far better teamwork that two goals were very well worked I mean even the second goal like the game's on a knife edge it's, uh, 13 points to 110 but uh, Oshin Foley uh, with, with the block on Dahi Burke uh, you know setting it up for Young Pepper for the goal I mean that then kind of uh, gives Wexford the impetus but Wexford closed out the game I thought amazingly well um, I'm not sure in terms of Galway here and I think Shefflin may have learned plenty out of this game in terms of the high of TUS Gaelic grounds in round two there was an awful lot of euphoria around the ground before the game, thinking this Galway team is legit. And it suddenly very realised to an awful lot of people in the ground that Galway were struggling on the day. I mean, Wexford were one nine to seven points up at half time as well. Again, it was a very dominant display. I mean, I thought half back length for Wexford. Kieran, you alluded to it there last week. Superb performance off that half back line. They're going to win plenty of championship games on the back of those performances, McGovern, you know, and then. As you say, Rory O'Connor is in red hot form at the moment. If he continues that, there's plenty, plenty of good days ahead for Wexford Hurling. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, um, I do. I don't like come back and being critical on Matt Hanlon, but I do think once the pace increases, he might struggle for for pace of wing back. But they have other options. They they have lots of options there, you know. Yeah, like Galway, Connor Whelan sustained an off training on Friday night before the game. Brian Cannon as well is probably another inside full forward option, but. They're depending an awful lot on Conor Cooney. Again, nine points from play, I mean, or nine points, eight from freeze. Uh, Joseph Cooney chipped in with a few points. But then after that, then you're struggling. You're struggling to see anyone, um, as I said, you know, without um, naming names. You know, open play was pretty disastrous. So I think Shefflin has plenty to reflect on heading down to Cork uh, for round four. I suppose we can move into 1B. I suppose the marquee result here was probably Dublin's away win in Turles. Tipperary, uh, guys, uh, what were your kind of thoughts on that? It was kind of a, a blustery at all day in Tardis, but we're doubling full value for the win, uh, Rory. I thought so. I thought full value for the win. Um, there was a couple of moments as well in the game, like they started off with an amount of wides, and you're kind of thinking, oh, here we go. If Tip get a bit of a lead here, they might, you know, go into themselves a bit, but they kept at it. Uh, shooting sh- sharpened up. It, it, it's like Burke is an unbelievable option and freeze Donald Burke. Like it keeps you in the game, especially in league games, having a sharp shooter free taker. And yeah, I, I thought they were like they're an incredibly physical team. And it's just funny, like like you could look back the last three years of Maddie Kenny and kind of think, is he lucky to be still there this year? Because but they're this year seems to be their most promising, where they look that they are actually, you know, they look that they have really upped it from from previous years. So I and I think they are a team that are really targeting the league. A national league would be a big boost to Dublin, and they know that. Maddie Kenny knows that, so they're kind of a team that are going all out. Whereas in a way, Tip, we know are in transition. Bonner is still, still trying to figure out who his best players are. He's got lads coming back from colleges hurling all the time as well. And um, so, whereas Kenny kind of knows his team that bit better, 
Um, but yeah, huge win for them. They have Kilkenny uh, up in Parnell Park this weekend, and that's another one that they will be going all out for is, you know, get that marker against Kilkenny. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we flagged the very start of Dublin. It might be one of those teams that would really, you know, benefit from from a good league, and it seems to be that way that they are they're on an upward curve. And, um, it, yeah, as I said, a league win is something that will really, really put them in this uh, rice bucket into what's going to be a really competitive Leinster Championship now. We all, we've all recognised that. Their half forward, I thought their half forward line was excellent the last day as well. Do you mean? Um, okay. incredible, yeah. Yeah, totally. And he didn't score like, but he was, yeah, he was unbelievable, yeah. yeah. And um, just winning ball, great to have a ball winner like that. Yeah, the use of the ball was the use of the ball was excellent. And I thought as well that they were, you know, they were working the ball into space where you know forwards had the had the legs on the tip backs and you know create chances. And yeah, I, I thought they were I thought they were good and I thought that they were well worth um, the, the win. But they could have been they could have been caught at the end, you know, tip tip. <laughs> You know, it's a, that chance at the end. You know, that um, if he pulled in that first time, you know, Tip could have come with. They wouldn't have deserved it. I don't think. You know, could have been stolen against the grain. But um, yeah, they were Dublin repressive and they're building well. I think Dublin aren't probably not the most naturally gifted hurlers. Bar Sutcliffe, I think he's he, he's immense here today. Yeah, I think Dublin will have learned a lot from that. You know, when you're four or five points up, you need to close the game out. You know, you need to finish strong. Uh, Okay, tips came at him with a half limp kind of attempt. Uh, the game did change a bit when the two McGraths came on. I thought they, uh, you know, really no McGrath as well. He was very good when he came on. One thing I will say is thank God Johnny Murphy's for Limerick because we never have to see him ref in the game. Forty-three frees in the game. My God, um, it's not, it's not, there's no need of it. There's no need of it. Yeah, Morris played well. I think either side of half time, but other than that, he's in and out of the game. You know, I think he's he, he kind of does that. Like you know, you'll never see him have a, a strong seventy. Kind of, he was the last ten minutes before half time and the ten minutes after half time. Um, I thought he was good, but other than that, he was kind of uh, non-existent. And I think Tip have a, a pace issue at the back. I think like Roland Hayes, like he really got he got in easy. Like you know, there, he got past two or three guys to for the goal. You know, so I think. Uh, that might be something that might might worry Colin Bonner. Um, but still, we haven't seen the full, we haven't seen a, a Tipperary their full team out yet. You know, so we're still going to have Bonner Mar. We're still going to have to McGrath to start. Um, I think we're we might see it against Waterford, um, but I think Tipper are in trouble. Yeah, yeah, I think they. I think yeah, they're. they're, they're I, I I'm not sure actually if if you were to call Munster now at the moment, I'm not sure you'd. I, I think you'd have Waterford ahead of them, you'd have Limerick ahead of them, you'd have Cork ahead of them, and I think they might struggle to get Oh, clear. Not sure, yeah. I think Clare and Tip play in Tarlis in the first round. Clare, well, it's it's Tip second on Clare's first round, and if Clare win that game, they have two home games and a neutral game against Cork and Tarlis. Yeah. Like, that is a huge game for Clare. It gives them three attempts then to... Because Tipperary then are kind of going into a situation where they're playing... Uh, Cork and Waterford, you know, it, it like it's uphill for Tipperary if they don't win that game. So it gives kind of Lohan can absolutely focus on that match, like even forget about the rest of the round robin because that game is crucial to them and they'll have that game. You know, that is the one that Clare have to win to get through. And Tipperary are probably looking the same way. Um, so that is a crucial game in, in round two. And I, I'd agree with you. I tip uh, like out of the, out of the new guys we were saying like he. he a lot of the, you know, we were saying last year that Liam Sheedy didn't blood new guys in or whatever, but a few, very few of them have really put their hands up and kind of, as we said, like, Bonner Maher is going to come back in, the McGraths, it doesn't look like there's anybody going to stop them. 
getting back into the team, you know. Nobody is holding him out. Reed McBride from Dublin was another lad that impressed me. I hadn't really seen much of before. Uh, scored 1-2. Um, yeah, Dublin yeah, Dublin are really kind of a, a team that nobody would have mentioned a month ago as being, you know, right up there, even as Leinster contenders. But right now, the, you'd have to nearly, at the moment, see like Dublin and Wexford as kind of the two teams that have shot up in the league. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose Div Kilkenny coming to town. Uh, Parnell Park this weekend but I suppose going back to tip guys Barrett was a late scratch from the game but I think it really did expose kind of full back line uh, vulnerabilities and first off Brian McGrath magnificent horror he's no he's not an inter-county full back not no. in a country mile is he like he got skin for the, he got skin, absolutely skin for the goal um, but I, like Bonner has yeah he's got plenty to ponder um, like he's going to be going into the championship not knowing you know half his team really I think you know there's a there's a lot there for him to like he, he could be, he's, he's in there new this year, and you know he's trying things out, looking at players. Like he, he mightn't actually get a sense of you know what his best fifteen is until the end of the year. To be honest with you, do you know what I mean? Um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd worry for Tip. To be honest, yeah, I would. But the full back issue isn't. It's not a. It's not something that's just coming on top this year. Like they've had that issue for the last few years. You know, Paddy Mara went back there, steadied the ship, and he took on the role. But it's been an ongoing issue, like for for years. Like you know, so. Potty Mar, I think they they planned on having him there for the next couple of years, and yeah, they did. You know, the the quick retirement is kind of it's a huge hole to to fill for him, like. And I'd agree with James. I think Bonner is going to be learning more about the tip team during the championship, whereas other managements are you know that bit more sure. Like Cahill will more or less know his Waterford team. Kylie will know. Lohan will know. You know, uh, Kingston. Whereas Bonner is going to be learning about these guys in championship which kind of is not the place really to, you know, you'd like to go into championship knowing what you're close to what your team is anyway. He's, so it is a disadvantage for Tipperary. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it's a great win. And Owen O'Donnell, lads, you know, he's playing superbly well. Full back. We talked about the full back situation here. Tear the two sides. I mean, James Cannon never got a puck off him all game and was taken off. And I think Owen O'Donnell right now is probably one of the informed uh, backs in the country Absolutely. great win for yeah. Dublin and I think that Dublin game uh, at the weekend is looks sensational written all over it I suppose we can quickly uh, review Kilkenny Leash 228 to 17 points I suppose the headlines here is probably debutant Tom Phelan had a dream debut 2-1 his second goal was very rivaled over stuff like you know kind of uh, one of the goals of the season really an individual effort unfortunately for Leash they were four points down at the break Alan Murphy, 13 points. Billy Ryan, Martin Kilhan with four points each. And, uh, yeah, not much to write home about. There was a bit of a response from Leash, admittedly, but, again, it all went away from him fairly quickly in that third quarter. And then Antrim v. Walford. And we'd mentioned this last week at the podcast about Corrigan Park being a very tough place to go. Guys, I wouldn't have expected kind of gotten into the last pocket of ball. Um Antrim and you'd have, put your, you'd have put your house on McMahon and score in it too, wouldn't you? I'll tell you what, the format he's in. Yeah. But a uh, cracking save from Sean O'Brien, though, uh, to give uh, Waterford a vital win there. And Austin Gleeson then coming up trumps with eight points there. Very aggressive game. I mean, Waterford done 14 players for a good stretch of that game. Colin Dunford had already scored 2-1. Got his marching orders. And Antrim had led by four points. But I suppose... Uh, Gleason post game ruining a few defensive and attacking kind of uh, issues during the game. But one thing from Antrim this year, they're refusing to die. That's you know it was a powerful last ten minutes from them. And McManus, as you said, Karen, he's playing wonderful hurling at the moment. And 
you know, with the penalty, you know, 13 points there. Again, he, he's he been nothing short sensational uh, this season for Antrim. Absolutely, yeah. It just proves uh, how hard it's a tough place to go and win. Um, a lot of good teams have, you know, Feller obviously clear last year is the one that comes to mind. But, you know, it sets up for an interesting game for for this weekend. Antrim come down to play Leash, you know, so I think that'll, um, it'll give us an idea of where the two teams are at, really, going into the, the John McDonough, I suppose. I think Antrim surely would ta- like that's the game they're targeting all along. I'd say like they've had three very good competitive games now, and you know, um, you know they they've lost all three, but this is the game for them. Like, and you know, there, there'll be I suppose there'll be a bit of pressure on them as well because you'll probably be hearing all week is that you know that if they lose that game, then the three good performances they put in are out the window really. So this is the game that just surely they were targeting and leash. I don't leash look like they're going backwards. They look a bit all over the shop. Um, I I I fancy Antrim to be honest with you at the weekend. Yeah, in that one. Still, leash though have had a decent record against Antrim in recent years. I mean, go back to the relegation playoff in the championship last season. I mean, I think everyone was kind of fancying Antrim to do a job on leash. And in fairness to leash, they're good, skillful hurlers, and they always rise to that occasion. But this is a key game for both teams. I mean, to kind of get relegated out of the 1A, 1B kind of uh, system, I think would be a better blow for either side. So that'll be an interesting game. Guys, round four, uh, 1A and 1B. Uh, could I get a few predictions off you? Uh, Kerr v Limerick, Cork v Galway, and Wexford v Offaly. Uh, maybe we'll start with James first on the 1A uh, games. Uh, I, fancy, I fancy Limerick. Uh, I think we'll get a response from them um, in Ennis. It'll only be, it's not going to be an easy one, I'd say, but I, I think, yeah, like... A, Limerick will want to be finishing the league with two wins to go into the championship, so I'd be, I'd be fancying Limerick in, in that one. Uh, Cork and Galway. Yeah, it's a bit of an intriguing one, really. Um, not really I, I, I think probably Cork, uh, just on form at the moment, um, but I'm not really, sh- we're not really sure um, if Kingston... I think Kingston has got what he wanted out of the league already um, from, the, from the three games, so whether I don't know how... What what his what his thoughts are in terms of um, you know winning the league I, I I you know I don't know if that's a to be all and end all for Cork so but I would fancy them at the weekend I think against Galway and um, Westford Nafley uh, yeah that's going to be Westford I think for me yeah Rory what about yourself yeah um, Ennis I, I Limerick might ju- just shade it I think it, it it depends what like it'd be interesting to see the teams when they're picked like are Limerick going to go full court press and with the strongest team available are they going to do kind of what they did last week try and blood players in so again that one would be I, i'd imagine claire are going to go as strong as possible and try and you know as i said get some bit of confidence uh taking out one big team going into the championship so yeah I, i'll go limerick in a, in a close one then go down i i, I, don't, I fancy galway down there galway seems to have a kind of this turn it on turn off and it, uh, you know just kind of <laughs> turn it on the tap whenever and games when you don't expect it they come out and they play really well um They've done well against Cork in the league down in Parky Cueve in the recent past. I, yeah, I think Galway are going to turn on the style again and we'll be talking about them next week, confused as to where they actually are because one week good, one week bad. But as you said, maybe Shefflin is really you know, targeting certain games. And But yeah, I'll go with Galway there. And yeah, like hopefully Offaly will build on last week's performance of 55 minutes and you know close the gap a bit more. Like you're hoping that being in Division 1 is going to stand to them. But as we've seen in the past... Uh, even with Antrim last year, that uh, sometimes 
in the Division One, and it can turn out badly for you as well if you're losing all the games going into Championship. And you're, at least, ho- hopefully, Offaly will will you know have a really close one and bring it to the end for, for one game. But yeah, good. hard to see past Wexford. Yeah, Karen. Yeah, I think starting with the Wexford Offaly game, it'll be interesting to see what team uh, Egan puts out for Wexford because a lot of these players have played every game, you know, so. Is it time to give them a break and, and, and throw in the younger guys? I still think, regardless, they'll have enough um, and they'll come out, especially at home as well. Cork and Galway. I'm going to say Cork, and it'll tee it up for a Cork-Wexford in the last round, like a cup final to, to top the group. So I think that would be down in Wexford Park as well. So I think that would be a good occasion. But I think I think Cork uh, at home, they're not, not going to want to disappoint the home fans. And... Uh, yeah, Cork, and I think uh, I think we have to see a reaction from Limerick, and uh, based on that, I'm gonna wanna go Limerick. But we know, I think once the team is named, we we'll, we we'll know what intentions Kylie has for it. Like you know, exactly. I suppose Midwest Derby as well between Clare and Limerick. You know, doesn't take much to for those two two teams to tango. So I'm gonna be absolutely neutral here. I think it could be a draw here, lads, because I think there's plenty at stake for both. If Limerick goes zero for four here, lads, <laughs> we talk about Tullamore and we kind of were talking about a developmental side going out against Offaly. I don't think that could happen, no. you know, in, in Tullamore. So in the last game, so I think uh, from that perspective, uh, it'd be interesting. But uh, Cork Galway, I was very worried about Galway defensively right down the spine. Dahi Burke and Gerard Hegarty. I'm just fearing in terms of the run game of Cork. If they get that anyway established at all, I think Galway are in serious trouble defensively. And if the the, the ground dries up at all. It was maybe it was a flash in the pan performance last weekend, but I was pretty shocked by the spine of that Galway defence. Uh, weren't very impressive at all. Now Park Mannion was out with a HIA very early on during the game, but still, it kind of if I was Sheffield, I'd be rather worried with two marquee guys like that getting turned pretty quick. So I'll go Cork, and I think Wexford over Offaly. One uh, B, uh, Dublin v Kilkenny, Waterford v Tip. These are all decent games, here, lads, and Leash v Antrim. Uh, maybe uh, Rory, we we'll get to your predictions first. I think Dublin are going to keep their run going. Uh, although at the same time, Cody will be mad to to lay a marker down up in Parnell Park, which is traditionally <coughs> but a uh, really tight game. I'm going to say a couple of red cards and uh, Dublin win. Um, also, then yeah, you're, you're looking the other two games seem to be a bit more straightforward in that like it's going to be very hard to see Leash getting anything out of out of their match. And uh, I think Waterford uh, as well. Again, it'll depend on team selection and are Waterford happy with what they've done in the league so far? They're still in contention to win 1B. They're leveling points with Dublin after the draw. So uh, it depends. Uh, does Liam Cahill like Matty Kenny? Does he value a, a league win? If he does, I think Waterford will be Tipperary if they go strong. Karen, I think, I, I, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Dublin as well. Uh, we might see some of the Valley Hale guys, but I think... Uh, I think the the league is going to mean, mean something to Dublin this year, so I think they they'd want to win it and at home as well. Like Parnell Park's a hard place to go, so yeah, I'm going to go tip Dublin there. As like Kenny, I think Waterford, you might see some of the Valley Gunner guys back even on the bench. And I think they're they're not going to want to lose the tip at home, um, so I think Waterford. And I hope I hope Antrim. I think they've been the better of the two teams and the better team to watch. Um, so yeah, I I'd hope Waterford Antrim. Perfect. And James. Yeah, Leach, Leach and Andrew might I fancy Andrew to win that. Um, Dublin Kilkenny, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe 
marginally uh, siding with Dublin, but I, I think Cody's going to be looking at this as well as um, to see where, where they're at. So, um, yeah, marginally Dublin uh, after an arm wrestle. And then I fancy I fancy Waterford against Tip. I listened during the week there, or on Twitter there, they're calling it uh, El Cajalico. <laughs> which, I, which I thought was a good one. <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, I think... I, I I don't think Cal is going to want to lose the tip, so um, I, I think he'd be going for it. Like, yeah, so I'd fancy Waterford. I'll be with you there. Um, uh, James, I think the Waterford tip game, that could be one of the marquee headline games. Just the needle on this game. I think with Liam Cahill in the off-season, the rumours regarding Liam Sheedy's departure, Cahill was being hotly tipped and committed to Waterford. And it's going to be very interesting to see what Bonner, what team selection he brings up, because, again, he's gone in local media to suggest... I'm going to give the young guys more of an opportunity. If he does this, I think Watford could give Tipperary a serious hiding here. And going in to the end of the league campaign, I think that would be a massive, devastating result for Tipperary and their championship hopes. I think Watford will win in this one probably by eight, nine points. I think Dublin Kilkenny is probably marquee game, and I would probably hedge it to Dublin again. When's the last time you've kind of written off Kilkenny at your peril? But I think Dublin have an awful lot to gain off this. A huge psychological boost in terms of the championship. They could beat Cody. And if the Ballyhale guys are in there, even better. So I'd marginally go with them. I think Leash Antrim, uh, I think that's been televised in Tina G as well. I would hope Antrim win, but I do have this nagging thought here that this is the key game for Antrim. This is where they're going to be under the spotlight, under pressure. People are expecting them to beat Leash, just given the hidings that Leash have had. And Leash coming in, knowing that one result could potentially uh, stave off relegation. I think it might be too much here for Antrim, unfortunately. Uh, Leash maybe by one or two points, but I think that could be a pretty tight game. Um, so, yeah, with that, uh, that's that. Rory, I don't know if we want to talk about the Freshers League uh, third level. I know you're kind of associated. I know you've been sworn to secrecy in terms of final team selections and all that, but... Uh, you couldn't help but uh, uh, perk the ears up and the eyes when you saw the results of the semi-final with the University of Limerick uh, during the week. Um, what a comprehensive performance and going in pretty well going into the final next week. Yeah, I, as I walked, I was at the game last night and as I walked in, I saw John Kiley there and I thought, oh, this is going to be great for Joe McGrath and UL with Colin Coughlin there and Cahill O'Neill chomping at the bit to impress Kiley and turned out that way. Four of them were brilliant, as was Aidan O'Connor, uh, Limerick under 20 from last year, scored 111. In the full forward line and he's another guy that's probably thinking watching Limerick last week thinking I'm as good as some of those boys out in the pitch there uh, Adam English was very good as well so you got a big performance but they're a very talented team and sometimes you kind of wonder like how many players are going to turn in a performance are you going to get a performance out of you know nine ten guys but last night it was pretty much the whole team it was Harlem Globetrotter stuff like and um, there was a scores from all angles and I don't know was there a, a spread of 12 different scores um, and then when Colin Coughlin got taken off, like they're bringing on Colin Mamara, who was centre back in the clear under 20s last year, who stormed up the pitch and scored a point immediately after coming on. So um, UCD were probably thinking, what's going on here? Even the subs coming in are county county under 20s. Like I think uh, altogether, like Limerick are without as well. Um, Oren Cahill from Airog, who was their starting wing forward. He hurt his shoulder. He was missing. Uh, Mark Fitzgerald, who's a Waterford senior, um, he had a bad injury in, in a match against, in the league match against Dublin, I believe, a broken jaw. So uh, off the ball incident, I hear as well. But uh, yeah, so so there was like two big big players there without. Not to mention uh, Liam Lynch from Mungret here, who was a star player from Mungret in the intermediate championship win this year in Limerick. He unfortunately did a cruciate injury earlier in the campaign. So 
kind of without these players and they're still putting out a team like there was more senior players on the freshers team than on the Fitzgibbon team more inter-county seniors so that's scary isn't it that is a scary stat right there isn't it yeah with Patrick Crotty as well like Claire senior at the moment doing well with Claire it's yeah it's one of those freak years where um they just have strength and depth everywhere you know but yeah and who are uh University of Liberty meeting in the freshers final uh Rory BCU in a tight one in the other semi-final they beat uh um Cork IT last night after extra time and they did meet in the league. It, w- it was on in UL, and UL won heavily in the league semi-final. But like, I don't think that will matter in the final. Um, it'll be a neutral venue. Um, grass pitch, I presume as well. Like the uh, the surface does suit UL with their speed and touch and everything. The it was on a 4G pitch last night. But um, I'm sure like uh, DCU probably train in a similar setup above. Anyway, they have the 4G pitch as well. So yeah, it'll be. Uh, it's I think it's next Wednesday. It's fixed for. Uh, should be a good one. Um. Yeah, and as I said, it's like this fresher team is kind of getting a lot of interest from inter-county management because, you know, they have they have a lot of players involved. And yeah, when as I said, when I saw John Kiley going in, I was thinking UL manager Joe McGrath is going to be pretty happy he's here because, yeah, the, the, the Limerick boys were pretty sensational, like last night in particular. Yeah, such an epic scoreline that they scored as well, Rory. And yeah. best luck well, to you. Uh, Guys, it's been a lengthy one, but I think we've plenty to discuss there. Some great points. Uh, I'd like to thank Karen Collins, Rory Walsh, and James Mulcair for all the time and the insight uh, tonight. Uh, we'll return again next week, reviewing uh, round four. And let's hope, Karen, that Limerick win. Which is, yeah, string a result together. Otherwise, I don't know if we'll be Radiohead lad them for round five. <laughs> but um, up to then, guys. Thanks very much. Cheers, Mark. Cheers, Mark. Cheers, lads. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles, and reports.